There's an old story about a proud young man who came to the Greek philosopher Socrates asking him for wisdom. He walked up to the philosopher and said, Oh, great Socrates, I come to you for wisdom. Now Socrates recognized a pompous individual when he saw one. And he led the young man through the streets to the sea and chest deep in the water. And Socrates turned to him and said, What do you want? Wisdom, O oh wise Socrates, said the young man with a smile. Socrates took his hands and put them on the man's shoulders and pushed him underwater. Thirty seconds later, Socrates let him up and said, What do you want now? The young man sputtered, Wisdom, O oh wise and great Socrates. Well, Socrates said, you know, this isn't working, so I'm going to try it again. So he pushed the man under the water again, this time 35, 40 seconds. And Socrates let him up, and the man was gasping for air. And he said, what do you want now? Between the heavy and heaving breath, the fellow wheezed, wisdom, oh wise and wonderful Socrates. So once again, Socrates took him, jammed him under the water, and 40 seconds passed, 50, and finally a minute. Socrates brought him up and said, what do you want now? And the man gasped and he shouted, air, the young man screamed, I just need air. And Socrates looked at him and said, when you want wisdom as you have just wanted air, only then will you be able to receive it. You see, wisdom is complicated. Wisdom is difficult to get a handle on. What really is wisdom and how do we get it? Wisdom is like air. It is something that we in order to live well. Wisdom has typically been connected to experience. Many wise people are old, for they've had many life experiences that have contributed to their wisdom. However, you and I know that is not always the case. I've met many children and teens who were wise beyond their years. Just this week, one of the teens from this church posted very wise thoughts to her Facebook page. And at the same time, I've met many older adults that I thought should have been wise based on their age, but their lives do not necessarily manifest themselves in wisdom. So wisdom is connected to experience, but that's not just it. Wisdom is also connected to knowledge. Wise people generally have a considerable amount of knowledge, but let's be honest, that's not always I've met some geniuses who have difficulty walking down the street and chewing bubblegum at the same time. I once had a professor who was brilliant. I mean, he had all the knowledge in the world, but when it came to basic things, like having his course syllabus ready for the first day of class, or notifying the college bookstore what the texts were for the books and enough time for them to order the books, or actually submitting our grades in a timely manner before all the deadlines, he was awful. And yet, I'm not going to say who it was, Karen and Montague are giving me looks, and yet, he had all the knowledge in the world. Wisdom is complicated. It involves both experience and knowledge, but it involves so much more than that. James talks about different types of wisdom. He talks about true wisdom and false wisdom. 
false wisdom for James can be seen as selfish ambition, envy, or boastfulness. It is self-centered and inward-looking. It is wisdom that is concerned with the self, with the individual. And James calls this type of wisdom earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. True wisdom, according to James, comes down from above as God's gift. It is not marked by selfishness. It's not marked by self-centeredness. It's not marked by looking inwardly. But it manifests itself in qualities of peacefulness, gentleness, a willingness to yield to others, mercy, and being void of partiality and hypocrisy. A wise one, according to James, is one who lives out these traits on a day-by-day basis. And if we're honest, what, what James is really talking about, we would often define it and say that it sounds a lot like goodness. Because this is the way of wisdom. Wisdom equals goodness towards others. Wisdom is actually wishing someone well. Wisdom is being devoted to other human beings. It is being fully present in each of our human relationships, just as God is fully present to us. James would say that wisdom manifests itself in how we live and in how we act in the world. True wisdom is not based entirely on experience or knowledge, but manifests itself in action. But not just any action. Wisdom manifests itself in good action. For without error, we cannot live. Without wisdom, we cannot live the Christian life. And too many times, Christians get more wrapped up in being right than being wise. When we get wrapped up in being right, it becomes more about us than it actually is about God. But wisdom manifests itself in good arguing about our faith, defending God, fighting over what's right and wrong. These things are not wisdom. Many who fight about these things are more concerned with defending their own limited views of God than they're actually concerned with defending God in general. So we fight others in the name of defending God, but we do so so that we can feel secure about what we When we're ruled by fear, people who believe differently than us can cause us anxiety. When we're ruled by fear, we build up walls between us and others. For people who argue that their way of thinking is the only correct way are the kind of people that lead things like the Crusades, Manifest Destiny, the Holocaust, the lynchings in this country, and 9 these are the things that James would say is false wisdom. Defending God, James would say, is selfish ambition, envy, and boastfulness. It is self-centered and inward-looking. For God doesn't need us to defend God. God is big enough to do it God's self. So why do we get wrapped up in these small things? And I suspect it's less about us actually defending God and more about us trying to convince others that what we believe is right. And so then it is self-centered. Then it is envy. Then it is boastfulness. Methodist Bishop William Willimon has mentioned repeatedly that the church has been way too preoccupied with apologetics. 
Apologetics is really trying to prove the existence of God in the attempt to combat atheism. And Willowin suggests that we spend way too much time doing that. Rather, Willowin suggests, we ought to focus more of our time not on whether or not God exists, but on what kind of God exists. For God is love, God is compassion, God is just. Wisdom is recognizing that we must be that way as well. Before we can convince the world that God exists, we must first reveal a God worthy of belief, a God who demonstrates love, compassion, and justice in the world. God calls us not to be defensive about God's truth, but to be people of wisdom. Wisdom manifests itself in good actions. Without error, we cannot live. Without wisdom, we cannot live the Christian life. Wisdom is not having all the answers. Wisdom is not being right all of the time. Wisdom is not telling others that they are wrong. Wisdom is about modeling a God of love, a God of compassion, a God of justice. James continues, those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? They certainly don't come from our wisdom. He says, do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? We do have cravings at war within us. Each of us is experiencing a battle, a battle of life and death. Each and every moment of every day. James says, you want something which you cannot have it, so you commit murder. You covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. For we fight, we dispute, we have conflict with others, not because we love God, but because we all feel the need to be right. This is not wisdom. Wisdom is rooted in humility. Wisdom is rooted in gentleness, James would say a willingness to yield to the other, mercy without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. Godly wisdom is rooted in defense, not a desire to be right and to convince others that they are wrong so we can feel better about our own system of belief. Does refusing to attend soldiers' funerals model wisdom? Does picketing abortion clinics model wisdom? Does standing outside on the street corner handing out little pieces of paper that tell everyone they're going to hell model wisdom? These things don't seem rooted in peacefulness, gentleness, a willingness to yield to the other, mercy, and without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. These things don't seem rooted in those attributes. And James says that these attributes are wisdom from above. This is what it's all about, not convincing others that we are right. See, wisdom is not just about believing right, but actually living right as well. We live right when we embrace hospitality, opening our lives to others and treating all with honor, respect, and dignity. Wisdom manifests itself in good actions. Without air, we cannot live. Without wisdom, we cannot live. remember earlier, I said that one of our teens posted some wise words on Facebook this week. 
I've been given permission by Talia Vieira to share some words that she put on Facebook this week on her 15th birthday. Hear these words from Talia. It's been 15 years since I was brought onto this earth. Who knows how long God's had my plan in mind, and I wonder about that sometimes, but I'll get into that in a couple. Throughout the 15 years of life, I've gone through a lot. And I can't say that going through those things makes me unique, by that standard anyway, because everyone goes through things. No one lives a perfect life. Now, this continues. What makes us unique and special is the things that we go through. And even then, maybe others have gone through some of the same things we have. Maybe not specifically, but in the general sense of. For, for an example, say depression. A lot of people have it, but not everyone is the same in it. What makes us stand out is how we deal with it. We cannot throw out our feelings, our responsibilities, and our worries into the back seat, although we would like to. It's really hard to stand and face them. How that continues. God has had each of us in our plan in his mind for who knows how long. Here's where my theory of God comes in. I think that God knows what's going to happen, but he still gives us free will. Does that make sense? <clears throat> he knows that things are going to come our way, but if God just stepped in and fought the bad things away and told us who to love and what to do and how to live our lives, we would miss out on the most important part of living, which is love. And I'm not talking about loving a boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife. <clears throat> I'm talking about loving everyone as your brothers and sisters, because in a way, they are. And just because you don't get along with certain people doesn't mean that you can't let them be your brother or sister in Christ. My pastor has said a few times, you only love Jesus as much as the person you love the least. And I've struggled with thinking about that for a while. But in a way, it's true. Without loving or trying to love, those in your life that you've struggled to love in the past, you sort of put yourself into believing that the person you aren't giving love to doesn't deserve it at all. How they continue. She gets a little PG rated here. The whole everything happens for a reason is crap. In order for bad things not to happen, our free will would have to be taken away. God gives us free will, and as a result, things happen that aren't good. Bad things happen. But we can get through them. And probably ends with three profound sentences. God is rooting for you. Jesus is rooting for you. And I Godly wisdom that James is talking about. My friends, wisdom that is not concerned with being right, but offering hope to others. For wisdom is not just about believing right, but living right. <coughs> we live right when we embrace hospitality, opening our lives to others, and treating all with honor, respect, and dignity. Wisdom manifests itself in good actions. Without air, we cannot live. Without wisdom, we cannot live. person of wisdom shares peacefulness and gentleness, a willingness to yield to the other, mercy, and without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. People of wisdom do not let others' opinions get them down. They continue to manifest good actions towards everyone at all times, those they agree with and those they disagree with. A person
person of wisdom recognizes that true wisdom does indeed first come down from God. For God does not ask us to do things that God is unwilling to do. God first offers us peacefulness, gentleness, a willingness to yield, and mercy. God does not treat us with partiality or hypocrisy. God does these things first for us, and then expects us to do them for others. The type of, this type of wisdom is representative of who God is and ought to be representative of who we are. God offers us peacefulness. God offers us gentleness. I struggled for a little bit about this willingness to yield. What does it mean that God's willing to yield to us? I mean, that seems to limit God in some ways. And yet all throughout the Bible, over and over again, God is moved by the plight of God's people. God hears the cries of the slaves in Egypt. God cares deeply about all of us. And throughout the Bible, we see God changes God's own mind for the sake of humanity. God is willing to yield for us. Shouldn't we be willing to yield for others? God offers peacefulness to us. Shouldn't we offer peacefulness to others? God offers us mercy. Shouldn't we offer mercy to others? God does not treat us with partiality or hypocrisy. And so why do we do that? To people that are different than us. This type of wisdom is first and foremost rooted in God's self. God doesn't ask us to do things that God is unwilling to do. Maybe that's why Jesus said, take up your cross and follow So in a few moments, we're going to sing, You give light, you are loved, you bring light to the darkness. And we sing that about God because we affirm that that's true. Right? That God does give light, that God gives love, and that God brings light to the darkness. But if we, see, if we sing these things about God, are they true about us as well? Would it be said that this church gives light, love, and brings light to the darkness? said about us, that we give life? Would it be said that Bethel Church of the Nazarene gives love? Would it be said that we give hope, that we restore hearts that are broken, that we bring light to the darkness? The things we sing about God ought to be true about us as well. This is true wisdom. This is the good news of the gospel. For God is love, we are to be loved. God is peaceful, we are to be peaceful. God is gentle, we are to be gentle. God is willing to yield, we are to be willing to yield. God is mercy, we are to be people of mercy. Are we more concerned with being right? are we more concerned with being people of wisdom? Wisdom doesn't mean that we'll have all the answers. Wisdom means we position ourselves, we posture ourselves to be people of peacefulness, gentleness, people who are willing to yield, people who are full of mercy without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. It's difficult. 
because we all like to be right. And yet, wisdom is not about righteousness. Wisdom is more about our posture toward God's And it seems foolishness, if we think about it, that the creator of the universe, the almighty, all-powerful God, would actually become a human being live a life alongside of us, and suffer and die for our sake. That does not seem wise to me. Knowing that we would turn our backs, knowing that we would ignore the suffering of others, that doesn't seem like what we would typically define as wisdom, experience, and knowledge. Yet, the wisdom from above is the wisdom of peacefulness, gentleness, a willingness to yield mercy without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. God is peaceful, we are to be peaceful. God is gentle, we are to be gentle. God is willing to yield, we ought to be willing to yield. God is mercy, we are to be mercy. And God welcomes all without a trace of partiality or 